welcome to the Trendy Scoop. I am your host Claudia Savage and this week is going to be sort of our last official episode. Of course we're with Queen's Radio so coming up to deadline season we're going to be taking a break. Of course I would love to just keep talking about TV and film and about music and about all the amazing things we've got to talk about this year. So as they say on Drag Race, for the finale it's just family, so this week it's just going to be me, Emily and Neve having a bit, a bit more of an extended chat than usual. You're sort of going to be getting a bit of an insight into what we'd be talking about usually before we start recording. This week we just recorded everything. So it was really, really fun and I'll do all my extended thanks at the end. Of course thank you so much to Emma and Neve and thank you so, so much to everyone that I've had on the show this year. It has been honestly so surprising, some of the people that I have been given the opportunity to talk to and all of the guests that I have on have always been so lovely and so generous and so open about what they're creating, about their process, about what got them to where they are and I have absolutely loved making the show. So if you want to listen to me, Emma and Neve, we have been talking uh, absolute brown since since about November is when they came on officially, uh, every single week. So for that extended chat, then stay tuned. And I'm back for what is sadly for this year going to be the final time with our resident film and TV experts, Emma Walton and Neve Bell. Thank you so much for being back again this week. Of course, you're making me tear up here, mentioning that it's going to be our last one for a while at least. I know, honestly, it's just so tragic, but what can you do? We must go on. But obviously we were talking there for ages before we started recording about some interesting things that have been happening this week. So there was the Oscars, and I don't know if anyone listened to the great episode where me and Neve talked about the Oscars, and we hadn't seen literally anything. But Neve, you were saying there was some tea about like the best actor. Yeah, so... If you didn't know, basically Chadwick Boseman, RIP, where a stan, um, was he was nominated for Best Actor posthumously, and everyone thought that he was pretty much guaranteed to win, just because obviously he's an incredible actor, and it would make sense for the Oscars to like sort of honor him now that he has passed away. So it just made sense, and instead they decided to push their you know sort of straight white male narrative instead and give the they love they love a straight white man that's basically what we can say about the oscars and give the award instead to anthony hopkins who is a great actor like i have no doubt about it but it just it i think it came as a shock to a lot of people especially because his film father like i haven't really been hearing that much buzz around like Mm. i don't know at least maybe that's just me but like even with marini's black bottom like i know that i've heard more about it just yeah everything so it did it seemed random but then maybe they were like oh we don't want to be basic like everyone thinks that's what we're gonna do so we'll like do something else <laughs> they're like here everyone get ready for the plot twist oh, plot twist of the century but also and he's like uh really old not to say that i hate old people you know old, <laughs> old people can do things too no we're not ageist here on the scoop that's what i was kind of saying so like uh, like we know that the Oscars love to sort of like push a narrative and push a story to get the headlines, you know, like people want, they want that Oscars to exist. So that's why I thought it would have made sense for them to give the award to Chadwick Boseman. 
but instead, I don't know, like there were just no come out lever to win an Oscar. I think he's, he might be like, he's definitely in his 80s. I'm not sure. But he has one nine years at Silence of the Lambs. He found storyline if you're talking about that and with regards to the Oscars. But for me, Chadwick Boseman, so you girls as well, Chadwick Boseman in your hearts as well. A hundred percent. And like even a lot of people saying like Riz Ahmed should have also they thought it was between him and Chadwick Boseman because he's on Sound of Metal. And they thought, oh, that'd be like I think he um is like um Indian American, I'm not too sure, but people thought that he was really amazing and like that would like I don't understand why the Oscars are like pushing forward, like, oh, the oldest winner narrative when you could have like, you know, more diverse winners making headlines. I don't know, but I think it was yeah it's not it's not great maybe like I haven't seen The Father so maybe Anthony Hopkins gave the performance of a lifetime but as you said there's really a lack of of talk around it so you how are we to know that he's you know mm-hmm. maybe it's life-changing and once we watch it we'll eat our words but I really highly doubt it I just I think yeah. that I think that like it, it, you know it's like an opportunity to to give it as you say to honor Chadwick Boseman post his I can't say it after his death, post Thomas. Um, post Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Be um, after his death, and you like that. That would be their opportunity to do so, but they didn't take it. Mm. So it, I don't know. I, it doesn't surprise me that you know the Oscars would do that, but it's disappointing. Mm. I think. Yeah, maybe they heard diversity and thought age diversity was a thing, and they were like, "This is this is really what's gonna." this is what's going to make things work this year yeah they were like yeah. everyone's so triggered at us because we keep giving the awards to old white men so we'll just give it to the oldest white man An even older white man well it's someone who did, win, who did um sweep up at the oscars was daniel kalua and we were talking about him from his skins days how far he's come he really has like he was um the channel i feel like he was like one of the channel four like boys that like he was always like popping up in like channel four and film four stuff and then he just kind of got his break and honestly he deserves it so much he's an amazing actor like from get out to i was re-watching black panther today so like travis Bozeman and daniel Kaluuya have been playing on my mind all morning um so I, I was really happy to wake up and see that he had won because i feel like he fully he fully does deserve it and he's come so far and you don't have to be 83 to come so far. You can be <laughs> a young man and still come so far in your career. So yeah, and I, I still haven't seen um I still haven't seen the film The Judas and the Black Messiah, but um it's definitely one on my list because there's been so much buzz around it. Um and and they've, they've got quite a lot of awards. So yeah, I was very happy for 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 old Daniel, you know. We Daniel. Mm-hmm. He's he's one of those people too. I feel like he's sort of like like James Corden where like everyone like in the UK sort of knows him a certain way but then like they went to America and just started being cool and then everyone was like oh my god look at this cool person <laughs> like everyone here is like no James Corden is smithy we're like Daniel yeah. is that one boy from Skins that minor and character he, from Skins he, he wasn't even the main character in Skins like yeah. what that's the thing isn't it because we were kind of talking about like 
actors from Skins that have kind of, you know, gone on to have like pretty big success. Like obviously you have Daniel Kaluuya and Dev Patel. I think he has. He's definitely been nominated for an Oscar. Was it for I Lion? Think he won did for he, Lion. Did he win? I feel like I have a memory of him holding an Oscar. Unless that was mm-hmm. someone else's. Unless he just wanted to yeah. I'll fact check that. Yeah, do that. And obviously he was in Slumdog Millionaire as well, which was like a huge, huge film. It's like he has had such success. And even Nicholas Holt has had pretty big success. I mean, I haven't seen him doing anything in a while. I don't know. Let let me know if you know what Nicholas Holt has been up to recently, ever since he was in that zombie film and then him and Jennifer Lawrence broke up. But like still a pretty well-known name. His eyes are too blue. (laughs) He looks like a White Walker from Game of Thrones. Yeah, but he he was successful. He was like a child actor, wasn't he? So then he's he's had some success, and then Claudia and I were saying that then you have people like the the girl who played Michelle is just on TikTok TikTok now. So mm. varying levels so, of success there. Yeah, maybe you know some of the actors maybe just peaked in Skins, like they couldn't go mm. anywhere beyond that. That that's that's like a not a bad thing at all. But then yeah, it was just a kind of launching point for some other ones because yeah. Nicholas. Nicholas Holt, he was in um, like X Men and stuff. Oh yeah. Um, he played the Beast, and I'm pretty sure he's still in it. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. they don't really know where they're going with the X Men these days. But yeah, he was in that too. So he's he's really been ricking in the mm-hmm. in the coin. And I fact checked it. Dev Patel did not win <gasps> for Lion. He was nominated, but he did not win. So he has not Robbed. had an Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. No, even, um, what's her name? Effie. Her actress is Kaya Scodelero. I think that's her surname. And she's like a model now and she's acting as well. Still, like I, uh, I still see of her. What's she been in? She how in can Runner. we forget? Oh, was she? Yeah, she was in Maze Runner, I think. Ah, so Her iconic role in Robbie Williams' music video, Candy. <laughs> oh! Not her being in Robbie Williams' music video. Come on, Ella, <laughs> your media knowledge. She and she. Oh was- my god! It's the best music video ever. She's like walking. <laughs> she's wearing this stunning blue dress, and she's just like strutting down the streets, like looking at her phone. And Robbie Williams is like an angel, like trying to protect her. Um, but is singing, yeah, singing candy and being like she thinks she's made of candy, you know? Oh my goodness! I mean, she really does so, give me vibes of someone. Nice. That would definitely be cool. Exactly, exactly. She well, it's called typecasting for a reason, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so she's still very successful. Skins was just the yeah. show that created, create it, it harbored that those talented mm-hmm. um individuals, and they've all done quite well for themselves. Yeah, there you go. And I guess uh, Daniel Kalu is like the one to beat now because he's clearly surpassed Dev Patel. Dev Patel doesn't even have has he doesn't even have an Oscar as we've learned. Um, so Daniel Kalu is the one to beat. I know, embarrassing. So that is skins. But we're, oh, we were talking about the Oscars. That was the topical <laughs> thing that got us on to talking about a TV show that came out, what, like 10 years ago now? Probably more. Mm-hmm. We, oh, we really know not... how to, we really know how to keep with the trends, you know? Absolutely. But so that's some of the news from the Oscar noms. And the other big thing this week was the new episode of Line of Duty, which is like season finale is going to be coming out next week and it was one of the you know a show was really popular when like obviously like line of duty was trending on twitter but there was like every single trend was just random things like to do with line of duty like i seen like thelma was trending because like everyone was saying like at the start of the episode it was very like thelma and louise vibes with the two girls driving about the car so 
uh, quick backstory. I know you used to watch or avid line of duty watchers. I watched the episode last night with my parents and have never seen it before. So it was, I didn't have a notion what was going on. But from what I seen on Twitter, it seemed like anyone didn't know. Like, did you, were you keeping up to date? Were you trying to figure out the mystery? Well, with Line of Duty, you never really know what you know. And it's because I think it is one of those shows where, do some shows you could like, you could tune into any episode and watch it and have a good understanding of what's happening. Line of Duty, I think what's made this season so good is it's been building up this story for six seasons now. So they this season's been good because they're rarely wasting any time on explaining anything to you. They just kind of assume you know and then they move on. And um, Adrian Dunbar says mother of god steve and kate say mate and then you're you know you're good and you should understand what's going on so in terms of understanding what's going on now uh no not really <laughs> um i think um yeah jimmy nesbitt um was in it and now he's not and i think i think it's you're supposed to be like a wee bit um who because i don't want to spoil it for anyone so i'm kind of dancing around the issue but in the words of agent dunbar it's all about who the bent coppers are you know so you're trying to figure out who you can trust and who you can't trust and it's all starting to come to light now um and as you say yeah next week's the last episode but it's one yeah i would need to go and rewatch it from season one because uh, there's a little bit a lot of characters this season that they've just brought back and they're just like oh this guy or they'll just mention the name and everyone's like oh my god them and I'm like shut up you don't actually remember who they are you're just pretending like you know who they are so yeah that's my my thoughts on yeah on it. Dave, how are you feeling on the line of duty storyline mm-hmm. are you like mm-hmm. are you like really clued in do you have your board out with all the pins in it and the wee ropes going around like figuring it out so I swear I'm uh, actually a bit of like I'm almost a conspiracy theorist I would say when it comes to like me and my housemates like religiously watch it together every Sunday and then we like have like sort of like set aside discussion time afterwards where we're bouncing ideas off each other like I would say we're pretty well versed in it and I would definitely say if you're watching Line of Duty you need to get on Twitter as soon as the episode's over because there's so many Line of Duty stan accounts that will like they'll highlight little details and points that you might have missed and it's like as soon as you see those that's I think like what got me so invested in it is these little details that you notice and you have to think like okay well when are they going to bring this back up or whatever so like if you watch Line of Duty like if you don't this will make no sense to you but basically they're looking for H at the minute who is this sort of this person that they know is a corrupt police officer who is very high up in the chain of command and we don't know who it is yet and that's like Emma was was saying that's what these six seasons have been building up to but there was a moment a few seasons ago where there was like a Morse code situation where they were trying to yes! at at who H was so like once you know all these little details like so there was an uh, an interview in the episode last night and one of the police officers tapped her pen on the clipboard four times so it's things like this where it's like I know that sounds insane but once you know okay so four taps in Morse code is the letter H so is this person <laughs> H or does she know it or how does this all come about and it's crazy I'm so into it it, but it's like yeah. I think it's these details that once you know then that's that's how they get you honestly it's so good and also they seem to have like a hundred characters whose name begins with H so it's like they're really keeping the level of mystery going on around there you know it could be anyone at this point it could be anyone trust no one basically I know that too because I feel like the show has to be 
good to like foster that type of fan reaction because people Mm -hmm. and I could tell from you as well but people have to really like you have to really trust the writers Mm because I feel like this sounds like it could go very down like like that very much reminds me of like 2015 like Twitter every time there's an episode of Pretty Little Liars out and everyone would be like oh my god this all the wee tiny tiny things but then like people eventually realized the writer's didn't have a clue what they were doing and that all of that stuff meant nothing but for Night of Judy from the one episode that I've watched it does seem like it seems like it's gonna all all come together I I think so because you've got like the big players and I think I have a pretty good idea of who it is like I'm pretty (gasps) confident that I have worked it out thanks to the sleuths on Twitter that Neve um, was talking about but um Emma, give us your theory there. just so that we can... I want to know. Yeah, okay. We're going to have to hold you accountable. We're going to have to guess. Yeah, so then when the episode comes out next week, and Emma, you're, you would just try and gaslight us all and say, oh, I didn't yeah. I think it was this. <laughs> <laughs> was you're going to have to issue an apology time. statement. Yeah, we're going right. to get it on the record. Emma, who do you think is the secret uh, bent copper? I want to apologize because earlier I said Riz Ahmed was Indian. He's British Pakistani, and that's been weighing on my conscience. That has been weighing on my conscience. I don't want to miss and nationalize anyone. So that's my so sorry. I actually am. But then you on that one. It was really bothering me. I was like, oh my god, that's so bad to say that. So I'm really sorry. He's British Pakistani. Anyway, my my theory is that in back uh, like a couple seasons ago, I can't tell you what episode it is, but this is to, this is to credit someone on Twitter. I, I'll look up their Twitter handle later to credit them. But they said someone said, um, you have to look into the race claim, and if you um jumble up the letters of race claim, it forms a surname, which also includes the letter H, and and that is the name of one of the characters in it who is the Ben Copper. Do you want to know who it is? I know who you're gonna say it is. is I know who you're gonna say. We just say it like this is. I you're acting like this is a spoiler, but you're not a writer. So what you're saying is not (laughs) revealing anything. Like this is a theory. (laughs) No, Emma. I don't think it's her. I don't think it's her, Emma. It's not her. It's not her. No, no. It might might not be her, but she's definitely part of it. It, I think it might Mm. be the chief constable. So Carmichael was the. Um, she's the one with the pen. Hopper was the one with the pen, <laughs> and she's um about to become. The, she's like the acting head of SC12 at the minute, but they're going to merge it. So she's part of it because they're trying to get rid of SC12, they're getting rid of Ted, and they're getting any time they were getting too close to the bone in that interview last night. She was cutting it off, so she is complicit in it. So I do think that that clearly leads to that, but I do also think it's the chief constable who I, what is his name? I can't remember, Osborne. but he's yes, right? I think oh I think it might be a far, a quick, a lot of juice. Do you know what it is? You see, if I watched the show, I would there would be too much information. But I feel like because I've watched one episode, like everything from that one episode's in my head. Mm-hmm. Like if I hadn't watched it from season one, I probably wouldn't know who half the characters are. Yeah, but that's the thing. So Osborne has been in it since season one. And he was the one who had like sort of a run in with Steve, who is, you know, like the main bit, like the he's the main DI. And they had a sort of a run in in season one. So everyone's now saying, like, wouldn't it be so poetic if it is Osborne's H and Steve's the one to bring him in? Like it just made, it just would make a lot of sense. That's, 
but I do think it is him. But um, she gave it away for me because she's so obvious. She's such a bad bench copper, you know. She because she's so mm-hmm. clearly so evil. Uh, people yeah. were saying on Twitter that she um radiates the same energy as Kitty Hopkins, and I completely agree. She is totally just the absolute worst. But definitely, it as Neve was saying, it makes sense for it to be Osborne. And if Line of Duty writers were thinking about this from the start about who H was going to be, um, then it definitely yeah, it, it'll definitely be a nice, well-rounded moment. But that's mm-hmm. the conspiracy. That was the clue that um someone on Twitter had uncovered that really convinced me of it. So yeah. Neve, who do you think it is? So I I do kind of agree with Emma there. So I thought she was gonna say that she thinks that Patricia is it. And I was like, there's no way. I think that would it would I think that they would be making it too obvious at this stage. Like if you know Line of Duty, you know they love a twist. So it's like I feel like everything that they've been building up to at the moment. Uh, they're just going to completely turn it on its head and it's going to be it might it might come from somewhere where it's like the least expected so if they do that I do I just at least I hope it makes sense because some people were saying I know like oh they think Kate is H or they think Steve is H and it's like there's absolutely no way that they're going to do like the two central characters from season one who are like the good characters or like the heroes if they just like turned it around and made one of them evil like I feel like it wouldn't make any sense but I think this Osborne character it's very it's looking very likely that it is going to be him but I just don't trust the writers like I feel like they're literally gonna pull someone out of literally like the arsehole of nowhere and be like it's this person you know like like you were talking about pretty little liars I just hope it's not like a repetition of that um and it's not like some random character like I hope it is somebody who has been in it from day one I actually hope you're wrong I actually hope it's Adrian Dunbar's secret <gasps> twin brother who comes Me back too. for revenge. So actually, yeah. But that's what I'm about like a good like. I feel like for a good for especially for a show like that where everyone's trying to figure it out, you have the audience has to have been able to figure it out. Like I feel like if they turn around in the final episode and there's a huge twist or there's like a huge like bomb of information that makes it all make sense. Like, you need to have been able, like, you should be able to have figured mm-hmm. it out from the information that the viewers already have. Like, if there's a huge, yeah. huge, like, there's nothing wrong with a wee twist, but if there's some huge thing where, yeah. like, oh my god, it was this random secret person, and then the whole search, like, everyone pointing out, looking up fucking Morse code to see here, I, like, if that was all for nothing, then I feel like yeah. everyone would be left very dissatisfied. That's the thing. I feel like that was such a trend in TV for a while where it was just like writers were like, oh, we're looking to surprise our audiences. But it's like that's never received well. Like if you think like the ending of Pretty Little Liars, the ending of Game of Thrones, it's like that's like one of the biggest shows that's ever been on TV. And it's like, look at how the ending to that show was received just because the writers decided to try and like subvert the audience expectation. It's like we've seen that that doesn't work because people are just like, it just doesn't make any sense. So um, I forgot. I met your mother. Oh yeah, totally. It's like don't oh, don't just change everything in the last episode. I know, um, and I but, hate like like with how much your mother like the writers like um tried to argue they like oh but we were always going to do that and I was like then what was the point of the nine seasons of the show and especially the last two seasons which is basically all about Barney and Robin's relationship and then they just in the last episode they're like oh peace out that's not happening anymore it's like such a waste of character building. And such a waste of narrative. And I think, yeah, line of duty, I think, I hope are more intelligent not to do that because mm-hmm. oh, you've touched a sore spot in me. How much your mother that angers me so much. 
Although they are redeeming themselves because they're doing a sequel called How I Met Your Father starring Hilary Duff. So <laughs> not. tell me that's what it is the very truth, Claudia Savage. It is true. So what is it like? So it's just the same concept as How I Met Your Mother, but with a man. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and she, yeah, and it'll be, it's only 10 episodes. I think it might be a limited series. I don't know if they're going to do any more. It's on Hulu, I'm pretty sure. Like, so it'll be different in many ways, but it's, I think it's the same kind of creative team and it's, yeah, same kind of concept, except, yeah, you're following the story of the mother as opposed to the father. Oh my God, that is crazy. Oh, and one more thing before we move on from our, from our line of duty chat, which I feel like might ruffle a few feathers, but yeah. <gasps> As someone who watched my first ever episode of Line of Duty, uh, Adrian Dunbar. Hello, where was the acting? Hello, <laughs> you you saw it. You saw it, Claudia. I swear, like we can't sit here and pretend that Chadwick Boseman should have won an Oscar <laughs> or Daniel Kaluuya or on any of these other people when we are all sleeping on the the great this male actor of all okay adrian dunbar does not get the recognition he deserves he's just so diverse you know it's like you know sometimes he does for mana sometimes he does a wee bit of belfast like who knows county tyrone next week like we're gonna see like i feel like he really brings all aspects of northern ireland humor to the table yeah he has so much range like from annoyance to like extreme annoyance like it's crazy <laughs> It's I, I think um he does exasperation very well. Um whether it's a mother of God or Jesus Mary Joseph and the Wee Donkey or just any of his iconic quotes, but it's the Adrian Dunbar and I don't think the show would be what it is without him. I must say though, at one stage, like there was a whole thing that oh is Ted Hastings hate and I was like, Do you think Adrian Dunbar like could ever be some kind of criminal mastermind you are wrong sir he can smell bent coppers from a mile away he is not bent so i will i will have to say claudia um i'm very happy that you've now seen his acting because i don't think you've really known what acting is until you you've witnessed adrian dunbar so yeah i've seen the peak like every other every other northern irish actor is just like nothing to me like jim nesbitt's amazing performance as marcus thurwell <laughs> I mean that photo of him on the phone or that photo they photo they included of him where they gave him like a hair transplant. I thought that was super fun. Um <laughs> I just can't wait for them to bring Liam Neeson in next week. I'm sure that's how the finale's gonna end up. It's gonna be Liam Neeson and he's H. <laughs> just to tick off every Irish actor that we've got going. But Liam Neeson they've... plays himself, like in the line of the yeah. universe, it is the actor Liam Neeson is he. <laughs> And to to be fair, like if that wouldn't surprise me, and that would be a more satisfying ending to me than like say Steve or Kate being here. It would be if Liam Neeson came in. Like I think you were talking about before about plot twists. There are exceptions, and that's an exception. Liam Neeson's the exception. Mm-hmm. So we've got our hot topics out of the way. Uh, <laughs> Oscar nominations: uh, Adrian Dunbar, Line of Duty. So we'll we'll find out next week. Who was right and, and what and what really happened? And is Adrian Dunbar going to say Mother of God? Oh no doubt. That's that's one thing we can rely on. <laughs> but to keep us uh keep us entertained between now and then, what do you have for us, girls? I think we'll start off this week with Neve. Neve, what is your first recommendation? 
So what I'm going to recommend to you this week is a little film that has just been put on Netflix. It actually came out in 2019, but I hadn't seen it until this past week. Basically, it's called Booksmart, and it is a coming-of-age story about two best friends. Uh, I forget their names. It's like Molly and Amy, I think. I think that's their names. Let's go with that, Molly and Amy. So basically, it's their last day of high school, and these two girls are sort of like the gold star kids, like the tryhards, the nerds, like whatever you want to call it. They have been focused on their studies throughout their high school careers because they're, you know, eyes on the prize. They're going for gold. They want to get into good colleges and they're not concerned with all the high school drama, right? So everything's worked out for them. They're all buzzing. Class, like class president, valedictorian, all of those, you know, like sort of classic Americanisms that we see in high school films. But then it turns out they find out on the last day that everybody else in their school year has also gotten into these amazing colleges, right? So essentially nothing that they've done has been special, but they've just put all their time and effort into this and they've missed out on all of the fun of high school. So they realize this and they're like, oh my God, it was all for nothing essentially. And they decide then that they're going to have to fit like the entire like sort of fun amount like everything that they've missed out on for these past four years into one night and it's like the last night of their high school before graduation so basically the whole film just takes place over this one night where they're trying to like go to a high school party and like talk to boys talk to girls you know like make friends like all of these things that they've missed out on and um basically you know it's like one of those classic films where it's like you know everything seems to be going wrong for them like you know the time but it's just so entertaining and it's like I've seen it like I'm, I would call myself an expert on the high school film genre I've seen so many high school films you know and it's like whenever I was going into it I was kind of thinking you know like uh, I'm sure I'll enjoy it but like it, it won't be anything new to me but I, like can I just say like it's actually it's not like any other high school film that I've seen before uh, it's directed by Olivia Wilde who can we just say like I'm a stan I love Olivia Wilde woman who has been in that close of proximity to Harry Styles. I'm sure you will know, like, I have a lot of respect for. (laughs) So she directed it, and it's just, it's so well done. It's so clever, and it has an amazing soundtrack. It's, like, it it kind of, it's definitely, like, a more progressive high school film in terms of, like, yes, there's a, like, sort of love story between it. The main, one of the main characters is gay, and then the other one is, um, straight so it's like it's kind of exploring that dynamic in between like one is going after a girl one's going after a boy but it really sort of focuses on their friendship with each other which just like we know like we love a good like a good friendship story a good friendship arc and um I would just recommend it if just like a feel-good film it's not very long I'm sure it's under two hours um but yes that is book smart and it is available now on Netflix that is amazing I really want to watch that because Dave, I would absolutely agree with your uh, self-given title of an expert in high school movies. You've recommended enough of them that I know you I are, know. are top tier in the genre. Plus, mm-hmm. I, I would that, definitely recommend it. I can't remember if I seen this on like Twitter or on TikTok, but it was saying that like there should be more like coming of age movies that are about like college age people or like university level. Because like, do you know when you think of like stuff that you did in it? I was like, I feel like when you were in school, you didn't really do anything. Like you sort of were just like those, like most, most of us, I don't know, maybe we're losers, but like you sort of were like those girls. And like, if you did do anything, you like went to a party or something. It wasn't like any like crazy, like self growth happens. Like, I feel like you Mm -hmm. actually really like come of age 
later. Yeah, that's true. I know I'm trying to think now of like sort of like college age films and it's like is you're definitely struggling to find some like if you're looking for a good college film I would honestly just always go back to Legally Blonde like Emma and I are now like in our essentially our last few weeks of university and like I can just say that Legally Blonde is definitely on my to watch list I need to watch Elwood's graduate before I graduate I feel like that's really key so I mean you've definitely got a few in there but that the focus has been on high school yeah, I think really we need we need the uni coming of age maybe, but Legally Blonde is definitely a good chunk for that, and that's Booksmart. Is that on? I think is that on Amazon Prime? Did I see it? Uh, it might also be on Amazon Prime, but I watched it on Netflix, so it's also definitely on there. So it's on somewhere. Uh, Emma, what is your first recommendation for this week? Okay, so I've actually already mentioned it ever so slightly, but it is Black Panther, just because it seems very timely with. Like Chadwick Boseman's nomination for the Oscar and Daniel Kaluuya's win, they, they go back to this masterpiece um, of a film. So basically, it is um, the movie of the Black Panther, and it follows T'Challa, who's played by Chadwick Boseman, and his father dies, and he has to go to Wakanda and take the throne as king of Wakanda. And um, Wakanda is this um, territory um, in Africa, but it's kept hidden because it has this um, huge reserve of vibranium, which is like the most powerful metal in the world. And they want to protect themselves from like outside people taking the vibranium, making weapons and waging war. Is it that um, what so Captain America's shield is made out of? Yes, Claudia. It, oh, Marvel fanboys, wife me up. <laughs> My DMs are open. I have seen a Marvel movie. There you bloody go. And you've got, and you've got it. And, um, because there is like there's a lot of references to vibranium like within the MCU, so then it's like you get like this like nice origin story of like where it comes from. Mm-hmm. So um, like, Bucky... vibranium place, and they're trying to protect it. Uh, yes, and um, he and Charles about to take the throne, but they have these outsiders who um know about the vibranium in in Wakanda, and they um are, like try and sell it and things like that. Um, and then you also have. Um, Michael B. Jordan, his character is called Killmonger and he basically um, wants to go to Wakanda and he wants to take the throne I won't give too much away about that storyline because that was it's, um, quite a big um, bit, part of the plot but what I love about it is it's just such a, a refreshing movie for Marvel, like you know the way a lot of them can like, not blend into one, like I know each of them has their own charms but Black Panther really is so different, like aesthetically um, it ha- it's very um, like sci-fi but also like it has like the beautiful like African kind of setting um, and there's a lot of themes where like isolationism and like globalism and and there's references to race and things like that and it, so it does have like a lot of hardcore themes but also just such an amazing like charismatic cast with like fully rounded characters like even like Killmonger, who is evil, you can't help but also kind of root for him and understand where he's coming from. So as a Marvel film, it's definitely one of their best, one of their most successful as well. And it's, yes, it's a great role for Chadwick Boseman. He is just such a, he is the Black Panther. And there's Lupita Nyong'o and um, and like Forrest Whitaker. Like it's just an all-star cast, like absolutely just absolutely amazing like I don't know I don't know what the words are for it but it just other than amazing because there's just everything about it from like the costume design and everything like it just is like we're current like I was re-watching it because we've been doing it in film our film studies module 
Um, and there's a lot of references to like Afrofuturism um, and things like that, which is like um, like a, an aesthetic that's like really popular in um, music like Janelle Monet and Solange and Beyonce. Um, and you see it a lot in cinema and like there's, there's a lot of that aesthetic going on, which is really refreshing. Um, and you get to see a lot. So yeah, um, it's on Disney Plus. So I'm sorry. Um, if you don't have the coin for it, but <laughs> that's where you will find it. Right, poor and, yeah, you can't afford Disney Plus. But I think it is refreshing to see because we all know Marvel has a tendency to not be light-handed with the political commentary. Like I always seen all these sitcoms, but people have said it's like American propaganda, like the Avengers movies and all. And like, was well, someone was saying apparently like it's something to do with the sets that they use like they use a lot of like military bases and stuff to film on but they all of their all the marvel movies get approved by the military like by the american military so they're they have a real tendency because even when you see the likes of like obviously like tony stark it's very like pro-america yeah yeah and like yeah very much so that's the thing because there is political commentary coming from another angle with like yes because that's the whole and yes because the whole thing about wakanda is like it's kind of like in terms of like the african just the it's like an untouched it's like untouched by white colonialism and then like when white people come in they refer to them as like the colonizers do you mean but then there's also references to like who wakanda is like who's wakandan and like wakandian is that right um and like what they like do they just like stay within themselves or do they help other people out in the world who need their help like so there's a lot of that theme and yeah it, it, it doesn't it, it it could probably do it a wee bit deeper but it doesn't shy away from it at the same time and it's yeah it do, it's not the same like yeah we are the heroes and we are so good and, oh god because like, i feel like captain america is literally like the poster boy for like like he's just, do you know what I mean? He's very American. I know it's in his name. Yeah, but like, well, he, you know he literally is like the like war propaganda of twenty twenty one. Yeah, um, and like you know, it's Chris Evans. Like I don't blame them, but you know what I mean. Like he's great, but it does. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's nice and um refreshing to see something a little bit different. Definitely, we love that. And now, Neve, what is your second re- recommendation for this week? So my second recommendation is maybe a bit more of a serious topic, but um, I was perusing BBC iPlayer as one does, and I stumbled across this documentary that is actually um, about revenge porn, and it's starring Zara McDermott, aka Zara McDermott from Love Island, aka Zara McDermott of Made in Chelsea, aka cheated on Sam Thompson, Zara McDermott, but you know we're not really here to go into her backstory necessarily as a person. But anyway, so she did this documentary on revenge porn and just sort of like how prominent an issue it is in, especially in our generation and um, with like Instagram and everything being so prevalent. And um, she actually was, I didn't know any of this about her actually. So I feel like I kind of just like learned a lot more about her as a person, sort of like kind of understand her character a bit more now. Mm -hmm. But basically she was a victim of revenge porn while she was in Love Island. So, like, whenever she went into the villa, one of her ex-boyfriends had, like, leaked this photo of her. And it was going around Twitter. It was going around everywhere. And uh, she had no idea until she came out of the villa then that this had happened to her. 
And it actually turns out that that wasn't her first experience with revenge porn either because she had like sort of a similar situation happen whenever she was a teenager as well. So I feel like she definitely is quite like well qualified to speak on the subject. But um, she interviews a lot of other victims as well. Like she kind of goes around um, a variety of ages, really. It's like sort of people who were victims in school, people who were victims at university. And I just think it's quite an important conversation to be had, especially like with people our age. And BBC Three, like honestly, they just sometimes they really hit with the documentaries. Like they did the Jesse Nelson documentary last year. You know, Jesse from Little Mix. Yeah, I love um, that one. That was so good, yeah. So it's kind of along similar veins where it's like they're using a celebrity now just to like sort of bring up more serious conversation topics or just conversations that kind of need need to be said, things that need to be said or things that need to be discussed. Um, so I would definitely recommend, it's not like, it's it's quite a, a hard watch, I would say in some parts, just because like, you know, it's so, like I feel like it's such a relatable topic for so many people. And there's so many people who know who either have been victims of it or who know people who have been victims of it. Um, so it's 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 like a hard watch, but I think it's a bit of a necessary watch, especially like, like I said, just if you're a girl in general. Um, and if you're a boy, like absolutely, like you need to watch it just to be for education purposes alone. Um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend giving that a, a wee watch. It's only an hour. And just in general, like BBC Three documentaries, like sometimes like, I've been so bored with Netflix recently, to be honest. So like I'm I'm turning to to some of the older classics just to find things to watch. And BBC three sometimes they just come through with the documentary. So um I would definitely give that one a we watch it. It's just called Sarah McDermott Revenge Porn. Definitely. That sounds really interesting because I didn't like I have watched Love Island that year that she was on it, and I didn't remember hearing anything about that. Which is so Yeah, cool. that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, because like I remember watching it and just being like Oh, like I didn't like I didn't really know much about Zara's character at all like I feel like really she's only been sort of in like central media in the more recent years just because of her like relationship scandals and obviously she was on that singing competition and everything was it Celebrity X Factor she was on yeah yeah um, but I just think always like it, it there was just some really interesting conversations about like you know like on university campuses like consent is such a talked about thing now but like she was kind of having this really interesting conversation where she was saying you know like oh well people say to me what's the difference between me putting my body out there on Instagram and other people sharing um, other images of my body and she was just kind of saying you know like uh, what I consent to or what I put out there as my public image um like that's what I give people permission to see it's like I never gave the world permission to see these photos of me so I just thought it was really interesting especially with all of the conversation around Khloe Kardashian these past like this past week and a half or so you know like she was saying um she should have uh she should have a right to privacy and a control over her own image and I think it just sort of plays into this wider around like empowerment in the 21st century and in the online universe you know like we've got to be with well ladies yeah because I don't know Dave I don't know what it was like at like whatever secondary school you went to but me and I we went to the same school so um there was a lovely police constable that used to always come into our school to give like talks about uh like about like sex offending and about that sort of stuff as well like sharing images online but the way it was always always framed and we used to watch these videos and there was one and it was called like it was called Dirty D which I don't know if that video is on YouTube but it probably is but it's about this girl and it was like 
it was like she was having like an out of body experience. She was having like a conversation with herself, but it was about how she had sent these pictures and then they got leaked. And and there was other videos like this, but it was always like looking back at the time, we would just watch them and be like, mm, yeah, okay, not gonna do that. But it was always framed about like the girls sending the pictures. So it was always saying, like the message was always, oh, girls, don't send these pictures of yourself or like don't do this. But there was never anything about, and and they would always say, oh, if you take pictures of yourself when you're under the age of eighteen, then that counts as like child pornography but it was never really focused on about how like people like it was always boys that were sharing the images mm-hmm. so I think that's it the thing it's like really like tried to reframe that conversation yeah exactly like I think that's why like like you said like looking back I feel like whenever we were teenagers it's like we wouldn't even have questioned these things but now that we're older it's like it is important to look back and sort of like interrogate those conversations that we were having like I think even in the documentary Zara was saying that whenever her photos got out at school she got suspended because you know it, it was sort of like this shameful thing that she had brought like a bad attention to the school or to the school's name or whatever and the boy wasn't punished at all and he was the one who was sharing the images with his friends so like that's what I mean it's like even though that was a lot like however many years ago that she was doing that it's like I'm sure that there's similar situations happening every day like in 2021 you know so like just think it's important to like watch things like this and just like um sort of educate yourselves and like sort of reframe the discussion like you were saying uh towards like not demonizing female sexuality and you know I don't know just like empowering women in general it's like giving yourself control over your own images and your own body definitely so that is uh, Zara McDermott revenge porn which you can watch on BBC3 and thank you so much Neve. Emma what is your final recommendation for this week and your final recommendation ever Full stop. Well, oh, I'm going to start crying. I hate to break the seriousness because that was like such an important uh, conversation. But my next recommendation, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Uh, so um, basically, the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills um, follows these, these housewives, obviously, who are really rich or married to famous people. And it follows them around their lives. And obviously, as the series progresses, then it focuses a lot on the drama between them, between other people, within their like home lives, things like that, divorces, all, all the drama. But mm-hmm. the there's many Real Housewives series, like you've definitely heard of them. But the Beverly Hills one is by far the best because of the opulence of it all. Like they are so rich, and especially like in the first season, you've got like Camille Grammer, who is now Kelsey Grammer's ex-wife, um, but wife at the time in the first season. And if you like Kelsey Grammer of Frasier fame you will hate him because he is a, he is just a scumbag of, of a man. I'm so sorry. I was really disappointed to find this out, but Camille convinced me, even though she's kind of the villain in season one, but that's, you know, you'll see, you'll mm-hmm. see. Um, But then who else? Lisa, Lisa Vanderpump, who I'm sure like a lot of people probably know because she's quite a famous reality figure now. Like she got her own show from it called Vanderpump Rules, which is by her restaurant. So she's, she is like, um, she's quite self-made she owns like restaurants throughout the world with her husband um and stuff like that but she is no longer on the show so please please watch for the drama because it's it's definitely really really worth it and I feel like just because it's coming up to exam season assignment season I don't really I just want to turn off at the end of the day and just not think about anything and that is what trashy tv is built for but my problem is then I get in, so invested 
in the drama that I just can't turn it off and then I start overthinking and overanalyzing and getting so involved um but the reason I recommend it this week is because seasons three and four were put on Netflix so now you can watch seasons one to four and in season three I'm pretty sure it is Yolanda Hadid joins the cast so you see a young Gigi and a young Bella and the young Anwar is not really in it too much but they're all in it um and you get to see kind of the, the beginnings of Gigi's modeling career and her their dad Mohammed so the mom and dad are divorced but her dad Mohammed is also in earlier seasons and he is like rich like rich rich like I I can't even describe to you like how much moolah they have they are from they are from money like pure dirty money and it's it's class I, I don't know if he got it dirty do you know what I mean but, but just a lot of money um he I, I'm sure he got legitimate <laughs> but you know he, there's a they're so rich um so it's all about I don't know, in my spare time, I love looking up like houses to buy in Beverly Hills and things like that. So to see them like in their houses and live their lives and they're always going on like these amazing vacations to, like Hawaii and Paris and Amsterdam that they go to um, as well and, and everything. Yeah, so it's just, it's a trashy TV show, but it is, it's so dramatic. It's so fun. And if you like opulence, then it's definitely the show for you absolutely I love shows like that too because you just think like I wish in my life that I have enough money to be concerned about the things that you're concerned about like oh. they just have so little to worry about that the tiniest things are like such a huge deal yeah because like the arguments they have and they're like so intense and like the things like that they they choose to like hold on to you're like you literally have everything that a person could ever want like just look at your house look at your private jet like look at everything and they're like oh my god like she did she didn't buy my shoes or like she didn't um come she didn't stay in my hotel that I own in Las Vegas she went to a different hotel like these are the arguments they have and they hold on to them for like really long periods of time so yeah it's it's you know it really puts my life into perspective that I, I it validates how I'm feeling that I actually am justified in in um complaining about these things because I don't have 70 million dollars 90 million dollars like some people you know they probably love to say it so that's some trashy tv for coming into uh coming into exam season and those are real high size Beverly Hills where is that on they actually Netflix it's on Netflix Netflix Yes, I think you can like you can get probably like all of the seasons on Hey, hey You mm-hmm. if you want to like, get a free trial for that. I haven't. I'm just sticking with the four seasons they have. It's plenty. Trust me, it's plenty, and you'll want to go back and you'll want to rewatch it, and you'll recognize like the, the you'll recognize in I think it's season four or something. Joe Jonas makes an appearance because he dated Gigi Hadid, so like it's so fun to watch because like things from pop culture from ages ago like pop up in that show all the time because it was happening like at the time like in that place so I think that's why it's also like really fun to watch as well love that so some more stunning recommendations this week honestly I don't know what I'm gonna do without you telling me what to watch every week I'll just have to just I'll have to read a book or something oh no I can't I can't well you know maybe we'll just have to keep going forever and ever and just keep doing the trendy scoop until until we run out of media content maybe that's, <laughs> maybe. What, happens, maybe that's what has to happen Emma and Nave it has been such a pleasure over the past few months chatting to you every week the pleasure was all ours I think 
you know, I think I can I can say that we've had such an amazing time. Thank you um for finally watching Line of Duty and falling in love <laughs> with Adrian Dunbar. It means a lot to us. <laughs> I feel like it's honestly that's the perfect end to a perfect season. It's just Claudia being introduced to the Line of Duty world, the crazy Line of Duty sphere and the Adrian Dunbar fan base that is yeah. headed by myself and Emma. <laughs> Me and Rope. So any other Adrian Dunbar stands. Make sure to uh, follow Emma and Neve on all of their social medias because they post with Adrian Dunbar every single day <laughs> for more Adrian Dunbar content. But uh, thank you so, so, so much, girls. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Claudia. Thank you so, so much to Emma and Neve for everything they've been doing throughout the whole year and for our lovely extended chat today. It has been such a joy having them on the show and they've really, really happy out by coming on every week. And I hope all of you have loved listening to them and what they're watching. And they always give such amazing recommendations. Really, I'm concerned about how much time they spend them watching stuff, but do you know what, same. And that is it. I can't believe that is our last episode for the whole year. But thank you so, so much to anyone who's listened to the show for like since September since we started making it I've absolutely loved doing it and I can't wait to see what's next and of course thank you so 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 much to Kuba and Ross who edit the show I am definitely not an easy person to work with I can't even figure out how to use Google Drive really it's so excessive so thank you so 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 much to them for making the show sound amazing every week no matter what I'm doing that always is so flawless and so so well put together so thank you so much to them thank you to everyone at Queen's Radio for giving me this opportunity and everyone in the news team and of course to Amy who's helped me out so so much with running the Trendy Scoop social media and honestly oh my god I feel like I'm doing my Oscar acceptance speech thank you so 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 much for listening to the Trendy Scoop I've been your host Claudia Savage and I hope you have absolutely loved the show